0: Welcome back to another episode of We Goin' In Presents. Today we're chopping it up with producer extraordinaire Vanderslice, who just dropped his incredible album, The Best Album Money Can Buy. The album features a wide selection of artists from Cormega to Slug to Conway to Freddie Gibbs. It also features the single Hard Body Karate, which Prodigy recorded two weeks prior to his tragic passing last summer. No punches are pulled in this conversation, as Vanderslice talks about how the album came together, what it was like working with the MCs, who's the worst rapper that makes beats, how to make it in the game today, and much more, including an explosive shit that comes towards the end of the interview. In the interest of fidelity, we're running it unedited, which means you get all the sounds. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher, and please hit us with those stars on iTunes, and follow the links on ProfileWild.com for my books.
1: What's happening, dude? I love the album, dude. Good, thanks. Yeah, man. I mean, dude, it's 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 weird. Like, I mean, I, I haven't seen any negative reviews, but I'm getting a lot of backhanded compliments from people. What, what kind of backhanded compliments are you getting? Just like, hey, man, you got Ghostface. That's pretty sweet. Like, man, fuck you.
0: <laughs> That's crazy.
1: It's annoying, man. Like, yo, like people. People, I guess they they painted me into a corner where, like, I'm not supposed to do anything outside of shit I did eight years ago, I guess. I don't know. People don't like change, man.
0: No, and the thing about this album is you have such a diverse group of artists. I mean, you can have Blueprint, Slug, and then you got Evidence from out West. You got New Cats. You got, you know, Ghost. And, you you know, it's just J-Zone. I mean, Prodigy. Like, it's a pretty eclectic group of artists you got there.
1: Yeah, and they're all, and the thing is, they're all people that I really, really either enjoy their work, or I know personal You know what I mean? So it's like it was done as organically as it could have been, anyway. You know what I mean? Like obviously, like Ghostface doesn't fuck me, but it's like, like he doesn't fuck with anybody, so it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like, like, like a Prodigy was on my bucket list. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. Like I, I scratched off a bunch of my favorite rappers. So it's like you know that's that's really all I cared about, man. Fuck that shit.
0: Yeah, because really, I mean, at the end of the day, you made it work.
1: (laughs) I think I did too. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a collection of songs. It's a compilation, but I think everything on there is strong. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm biased, obviously, but like, I don't think there's many weak spots. You know what I'm saying?
0: And thematically i like the you know the best intro money can buy the best freestyle money can buy the best interlude money can buy like that was a pretty <laughs> unique <laughs> how, so so how did you pull that off was it was it easier getting like a verse from an artist and just working with that or did it, as opposed to a song like what what made you want to get like the, like the one verses from
1: like mega and percy p well, and ghost well the thing is, ghostface it was supposed to be him and Styles p and uh Styles missed a deadline and did something for me for something else that we're doing down the line. It's and uh, it was supposed to be Ghostface and Styles P, and that was gonna be like the lead single or whatever. But like, I mean, he just missed. I mean, and he was he was. And the thing about Styles P is he's like the most down to earth, approachable, humble human being rapper. That it's like we didn't really press him. You know what I mean? Because we did. like like A War and I. We did song for a wars record called bricks uh bricks like 86 that has Jadakiss kiss and styles on it and styles is gonna do the joint with Ghostface for me the same day and he just didn't get it done and he was like he's like, he just like i got you i got you and then like he then he wrapped on a different beat and it's all it's just like you know what i'm just gonna fucking put it out as the intro and i'll use the styles p-ship for something else and uh Cormega, I wanted the interlude. Like, it's like, if you go back and review, like, Mega's tapes, some of my favorite Cormega songs are one versus, like, the Tony Touch interlude that Alchemist did. Mm. It's just called the Tony Touch interlude, where, like, Cormega ripped it. And it's like, that's one of my favorite joints. It's like, I was like, you know what? I'm trying to recreate that. That's exactly what I want from Cormega. I was like, I want him to be the interlude on the album. And he came through... We, we recorded that in person. He came to Philly because he, he lives in the Poconos or some shit. And uh, he came to Stallone's. Like, uh, we recorded Scott Stallone's. We got Jamaican food and fucking he killed it. You know what I mean? Another super down to earth. Like, Cormega's another guy. He's super down to earth he's just a human being. I think street dudes that achieved anything in music business are naturally better people than people that are like just like diva artist type motherfuckers. Like, because I've had some, like, I don't know, mean, like, I've had some good good experiences, bad experiences. But, like, that's because the, the real of the street dude, like, I mean, like, the where the rep follows him around. But, you know, Kermak is, like, one of the realest rappers ever. And he's, like, dude, he's one of the most non-confrontational, like, street dudes ever. He's great.
0: Yeah, Meg is a cool dude. Like, you know, we, we got that book we put out last summer. And, you know, that was a great experience working with him there.
1: Yeah, he's dope.
0: And really, like you look at like the realness and the true meaning. His interludes, like those acapellas, are some of the best bars on the album.
1: Exactly. So you know what I'm saying. So it's like that's exactly what I was going for. And Percy P. I mean Percy P. I was gonna do. I, was, I tried to get Edan on it because I wanted to do like torture chamber part two mm. from uh and uh his management just they, just they hit me back and then then just communication labs, so I was like fuck it. I just got Eclipse to do the cuts on it, and it came out dope. It was really dope the way it was. So I was just like, we don't we don't even need that. We're good. It's finished.
0: And Percy's one of those guys that is just so unappreciated in today's landscape. I think the closing of Fat Beats definitely didn't help his popularity because, I mean, everyone always associate Percy and Fat Beats, but then if you're not going to Fat Beats, you don't really see Percy.
1: Yeah, you're right. And, I mean, he, he lives in California now, too, so it's like, you know what I mean? I guess, he's just, I guess he's just doing shows out there. I don't know. But, I mean, Percy, he's, another, he's one of my favorite rappers of all time. You know what I'm saying? So like he's always been one of my... His style is so it's so original. You know what I mean? Like, I loved Percy P. So, it's like, that was a fucking... That was like a no-brainer. I was just like, I wanted to... Like I said, I wanted it to be Percy P. And e Don, e Don Flake, don't he donned, he flaked on me. Which is fine. Like, you know, I don't care. I don't... I That's don't, the I other thing. It's like, I don't wait for people as much as other people would these days. Because I can just I can call somebody else get something else done but we'll find another route like I, I'm not I'm not I don't do the fucking rapper ego shit we're like we're we're gonna do a song with this guy and we're gonna wait for eight months and I don't fuck that like yo know, if you can't do it in two weeks I'm going I'm going to somebody else to do it like I mean yo know, the Ghostface shit came together in person like fucking A War is friends with JoJo Pellegrino JJP and, uh,
0: South Shore yeah, son. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly yeah, and, and JoJo was in the fucking lab with Ghost called War. I was like yo, I got go, I'm working with Ghost because he was recording something for his record. He's like, come through the studio. Two hours later, he was in there. You know what I mean? It was done.
0: That's incredible. What, what was it like actually being in the studio with JJP and Ghost?
1: I didn't go. I, I blew it off. I fucking sent a war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: can- and
1: and, and, and so I just and it was like it was like you know what I'm saying it was just. I don't know, man. I mean, it wasn't a great experience. But the it ghost is like a very confrontational, standoffish type dude. He said like the whole time he did it, he like a told me, like the whole time he did it, he tried to re- reiterate 57 times that, he, that he's like, Yo, I want you guys to know that I'm doing you a favor, that kind of shit. Oh, and it's like at this point, he told me, I'm like, well, dude, tell him, I told, like, then tell him not to do it. Fuck it. You know what I mean? That's where I was with it. It's like at this point I sent like 500 beats through, and it just kept. Uh, it was it was a nightmare. But the thing is, the end result. I'm glad I did it, and I'm glad he did it. But at that time, I was like, dude, just tell him not to do it. I don't give. Like I was like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and
0: and it, it doesn't leave you uh, wanting to do it. Like, oh, ghost man, we should really do an album together. Let's do let's do that EP.
1: No, not no, not even a little bit, dude. It's like, and, and the thing is, I don't blame him. Like, as much as, like, I don't know. It's like, I blame the era itself. Because, like, Ghost gets coddled by these European dudes who bring him out for a show and give him fucking 25 G's. And it's like, that's not his market here. You can't make that kind of paper here. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like me being an independent artist, like, fully independent with no label, no backing. Like, I'm straight out of pocket. Like, dude, I'll pay you to rap, but I'm not paying your mortgage. Right. So it's like, yo, know, if you hear something you like, we'll meet in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Like I tell everybody, it's like like I invested in myself, but I'm not I'm not fucking footing the bill. You know what I mean? Like anything that I spend money on rap wise, I can make back. I re- like you know what I mean? Like I was in the black before Everything's Awesome came out, and I'm almost in the black with this with this album, but uh, the manufacturing was like a lot more expensive because I mean I did, a, I did a picture disc and shit for vinyl, but as far as the features go, like you know what I mean? It's like we didn't really throw that much paper at that many people. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yo, don't. I just I don't know, I man. I, I just. I'm not saying that, like, I go should know who I am and respect who I am. Like, I'm not saying that at all. Like, I, I know who I am and where I stand. But it's like, yo, when you hear the beats, if you picked them, don't tell me you're doing me a favor. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, what the fuck? Like, I don't need a favor. You know what I'm saying? I don't need a favor from anybody. Yeah,
0: you've never been that dude that's, you know, that needs that. And. I mean, with with your production quality, I mean, I feel like you're in demand enough where you
1: can easily move on to the next dude if you need to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, and, and it's like, you know, it's like, how do you convey that to Ghostface? You can't. It's impossible. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it does. So i was just like, I. Right, you know, yeah. It was just, it was a weird experience, man. But like I said, I'm glad the end result. I'm glad the way it came out. It gave me an honest effort with the verse. Doesn't stink. The only problem I had Is he said the verse He said the year Yeah, the verse. so I'm saying it's it's 2017, yep Yeah Now Prodigy did as well But Prodigy died Like literally Two weeks after we recorded it It was like a fucking time capsule Right Super bittersweet, man
0: Yeah, I definitely want to talk about The Prodigy um, song too But just before Before we move on from Ghost yeah. You know From my experiences With artists It's always interesting Because sometimes the Meeting the artist and interviewing them doesn't always line up with with the music and the vibe they give, or just what you think it'll be like. You know, with your experience with Ghost, does that change the way that you listen to his music, or do you listen to like? No, some-
1: no, no. Because I because the thing is, I'm I'm a fan, and I'm always going to be a fan, and I'm the same way where I'm like a very ornery guy a lot of times, and I'm pretty sure I brought people the wrong way, but it's like yo, it's you can't let that you can't let that shit get to you. Like, like I don't, I don't have that, that weird, like, like that internet thing. That's an internet age thing where people have a bad experience with a rapper and then they're just, oh, I'm not gonna listen to this shit anymore. Right. It's like that's weird to me. Like that's like, I don't know. That's like breaking up with a girl. Like I'm not gonna break up with Ghostface. Sorry, right? I listened to The Watch 25 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, because yeah, I'm not looking for some deep-rooted personal connection here. Like, I just want to be able to make good music with people that I like. You know what I'm saying? It's like, they say don't ever meet your heroes, and it's like, that's, I guess, you know, I guess that could be said here, because it was kind of a shitty experience, but I never met them. So, thankfully, I wasn't there.
0: It's all good. It doesn't count.
1: Yeah, Exactly.
0: And and you, you know, you mentioned how you can rub some of your fans the wrong way. You know, I definitely see some of your replies on Facebook, which are hilarious to me as an observer. You know, do you ever... Get, is that usually the end of it, or do you ever get like private messages from fans? Like,
1: you <laughs> yeah, know, like- I get DMs all the time, dude. It's like, I, I don't care. I just I don't care. Like, yo, don't like, because again, man, people they have too much access. Like being able to tweet me, DM me, or go on Instagram and DM me or whatever. That's like having my phone number. You know what I'm saying? Like you're you're calling me every time you say my name on there, and it's like if I pick up and I don't like what you have to say, I'm just gonna hang up on you. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I've always said, I don't know, you should have to have some sort of following to be able to at people. Like, if you have less than 500 followers, you shouldn't be allowed to at people on Twitter. If you can't sit down and get the attention of 500 people, which is a small amount of people in the grand scheme of things, Like if you can't get 500 people to at least be interested enough to what you have to say, then why should should you be able to say anything? You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. I'm... I don't know, man. It, it, shit's annoying, man, because like, that's what's leading to... like that's what's, Everybody thinks they have a voice, and when their voices get heard, then they go on a rampage or shoot up a school or some other bullshit. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, who the fuck are you? Shit is super annoying.
0: And do you find there's a sense of entitlement with fans who think that because they can support your music or stream it or buy it on, on Bandcamp that there's this... Like level of expectation they have that you have to respond to me and interact with me, and you have to be my online friend because I can support you.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> yes. And the thing is, is like I'm not. Hey, I'm thankful for the supporters, but I hate the fans. You know what I'm saying and there's a total, there's a huge difference. Like people that buy, listen, people that buy my record and I ship it out to them and I sign it for them. I love those people. The people that post up a YouTube link on my YouTube page and then fucking on my uh, Facebook page and then send me a DM to want to wrap up drum breaks, it's like, dude, fuck you. Like, just oh, <laughs> you know, because the thing, is, like, yo, know, and it's like, I'm not a rapper, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't have to, like, I'm not a rapper, man. Like, I'm not trying to be the guy on the stage that's fucking, like, rapping in the mic and trying to be in front of everyone. It's Like, the the reason I make beats is so I can be behind the scenes. I don't have to deal with people. I'm not a people person anyway. It's just like, man, let it, like, and the thing is, I'll say this much, most of the people that have that sense of entitlement, sad to say, are Europeans. Because they, they didn't come up and, like, like, I mean, I'm hip-hop blew up when the internet really, really came into its own. And it's like, just over the people overseas didn't, they didn't experience it the way we did. Where, like dude, you didn't have access to DJ Premier in 1995. You had to write a letter to like whatever label they were, you know, like New Tribe or whatever the fuck, whatever indie label they broke off. You know what I'm saying? It's like you couldn't just call these people.
0: Right? There's those, so fan, those fan club uh, stickers and cards in the yeah, in the in the albums.
1: Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it's like shit that shit that these people take for granted. It's like ridiculous. And I don't and I don't understand why either. And I don't know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's people, like, I, you know, Mercules is one of my dear friends, and it's like, I use him as an example because he's wildly successful. He'll go on his Facebook page, and be like, yeah, who do you guys think I should work with next? It's like, man, who gives a fuck what they think? Like, you're an artist, dude, you should be creating for yourself. You know what I'm saying? It's, like, ridiculous. Like, you know, who cares what they think? Like, you know, especially if, if when you're at that level, we got, like, that fucking level where you're moving the fucking hundreds of thousands of records. You're selling out every single show. Your artistry is supposed to be for yourself to give to these people. You know what I'm saying?
0: Dude, it makes perfect sense.
1: Because it's like, like, I don't know, man. You're like, yeah, what do you guys think like, I should work with next? And then it's like people fucking, yeah, like, we should do a song with Eminem. Like, yeah, go ahead, <laughs> dude, make, go ahead make that happen. But it's just like these people have these unrealistic expectations. They think of a connection to these people. And that's, I guess that's why, I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of rappers that aren't successful because they do nothing on social media where, you know, the flip side of that is like you don't have to ask people for feedback, but you definitely have to sell yourself more than your music. As a rapper, like, you know what I'm saying? You have to, But it's, I don't know, I mean, you have to balance it. You have to balance it, man. You can't just, who cares what these people think, man? They're not. If they can't do what you can do, if they can't create what you can create, you're supposed to be giving these people something, not asking them what they want. Why don't you do what you want to do? And then, you know what I'm saying? The people, so I always, I, again, another thing I always say, I'm like, you know, for the people that like my music and the people that like what we do, they're along for the ride. If you don't like it, that's fine. You can skip that song. We're good.
0: Your feelings aren't going to be hurt.
1: Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not. It's nothing personal. So it's like, that's why I don't ask for people's feedback. And what do you think I should do this, it's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I I can't pander to people like that. This shit's weird, man.
0: So I guess I'm going to skip my feedback on some of the snare drums and just the reverb and the filtering. I guess (laughs) we we, we can talk about that another time, I guess.
1: We'll talk about that off the air. No, I I thought,
0: I I thought the production was amazing though, man. Like I thought um, you did a really good job of just, You've always been such a versatile producer. I mean, you can see that with like the gospel records um, that you sampled um, and, and smuggle rap and everything you've done. Um, going back, everything's awesome and, and your projects with uh, Stu and everything. But I thought you did a really good job of just showcasing who you are, but also giving the artists something that they could really work with. Uh, you know, did you cater to each artist's style or did you
1: just. Yeah. Man, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, I didn't
0: mean yeah. to cut you off. Yeah. No, I mean that—that was really the question, you know, because you—you know—you look at someone like Blueprint is obviously totally different than Freddie Gibbs, but you can have them go back to back, and the album can still flow.
1: Yeah, I mean, I—I I, I definitely catered. Like when I talked to Blueprint, originally that song I wanted a one verse or like uh, if you go listen to uh, Jake One's White Zan music, he told a great story on that record, and I wanted something like that. And I sent him a couple beats, and he was just like, yo, he's like, because uh, that beat originally had no break in it. it was just going to go for the whole 16, and then break, in another 16. He was like, you know what, break it up. I want to do two verses. And then he just, it just, I don't know, it just felt right. And I do not the, re- the reason I think it flows right into the Freddie Gibbs shit is because, like, uh, their voices are kind of, Similar, like I don't know, it's like a, a, they not—they don't sound the same, but they sound close enough to me that I thought that, like, even if the beats didn't match, their their voices, the inflection they rap it, because they're both from the Midwest, would would at least still at least carry it. You know what I'm saying? That was def- every song was definitely catered to each artist. The only person that the only people that that uh, just picked a beat was uh was Prodigy, because like I didn't have. I didn't have that much access to be like, yo, this is what we're going to do. Like, uh, Kathy Eandley hooked that up. She helped uh, write, his, write his cookbook, the the prison cookbook. And, uh, I just sent her beats. And I'm like, Kathy, just play this for, play this, play, just play it for P. I don't care. And like a couple months went by and I just kept sending her beats, sending her beats. And then she hit me one day, like, look, he picked this one. And, uh, she linked me to his manager. And, and then we talked, you know, we talked business. We handled the B.I., and, uh, it was more than agreeable for me because I got the, I got the Kathy rate. You know what I'm saying? It was great. And, uh, plus he knew, like, he asked me what I was going to do with it. And I was like, well, listen, I'm going to get twin and fucking, I was either going to get Conway and Westside or I'm going to get twin and evidence. And, uh, cause I, at this, at this point, I didn't even have the Slugger or evidence joint done. And I knew I was going to do something with Ev, and, uh, but I was going to, I was going to put twin and evidence on it or. Conway West Side, he was like, well, "Fuck, I," he's like, "That's cool, what I mean." And then he sent me his verse. The verse was dope, and uh, I talked to Slug at the interim. And Slug was Slug's amazing dude. The, again, another I would say Slug was probably the best interaction I ever had with a rapper because he showed me love when he truly didn't have to. You know what I'm saying? Because like I couldn't I couldn't afford to pay Slug. You know what I mean? Like I did not dude. Like you know, that guy's. And he knows that I can afford to pay him. So, he, like him and Ev, I was gonna—we were gonna do something, and I forget what it was, because I fucking hit Slug. Like, uh, you know, I want to do something with him and a War. I think I think it was a War for my record. Because a War—that's the only reason a War's not, not on my record, by the way. I mean, I'm talking in circles here, but that like Slug hit fucking Slug hit me back. And was like, well, what's up with evidence? And I was like, I don't know. And then he hit me back like an hour later like send beats to, he sent me his email. I sent him like three or four joints that I figured that him and that would sound good on. Like, like, yeah, boom. He's like, yeah, we're going to use this. And then that was it. I was like, dude, it's amazing. So, so yeah, we definitely tried to cater. The only two people that got choices were Prodigy and Slugging and at else, I sent one beat to him. Like, you know, the Gibb shit, he didn't get a choice. I sent it right to, right to Archie when Archie was managing him. Um, you know, Jay Zone. I knew because, like, I had two. I traded Jay a sample for that for that rap because I had a library record that had the Chevrolet shit on it, and it also had. The Cadillac shit that Jay used for his last record. Yeah, yeah, And I was, yeah. like, I was like, Jay, look, I'll trade you the Cadillac shit, but you got to rap on the Chevrolet shit for me. <laughs> and he was he was like, he was like, yeah, fuck it. So Jay and I had been friends for like 20 years then. So, you know what I'm saying? That's how that came about. Yeah, because I was going to say, man, you got
0: Jay's own rapping. Like, nobody can do that right now.
1: No, they cannot. I'm going to get him rapping again, too. He doesn't know it yet, but he doesn't watch
0: I mean, I think the thing that's that's gotta suck for Jay is he doesn't want to do it, but he's so good at it that people aren't gonna stop asking because it's it's so good. Like it's he's entertaining. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, I know how to get him, man. Like you know, like because I'm saying, like I I swear, like maybe not the end, maybe not this year. It might not be finished this year, but I'm doing a record where I'm rhyming. You know what I'm saying? Like where I'm just gonna come out rhyming. Like I rhymed on a Wars record. And I'm uh, and I'm gonna like I'm gonna do a song with Jay Zone. it's gonna be it's gonna be about 1970s cop shows.
0: Oh man, that's right At up the his beach. alley.
1: That's, that's what I'm saying because like that's that's really how Jay and I really 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 connected early. You know what I'm saying? Because like that's all I watched. Like I watch old cop shows nonstop. It's like that's where I was getting samples from. That's where he was sampling shit from. And it's just like wow, you know nobody else has been on that wave. Even like still, no one's on that wave. Cause most of them shows you can't even find. There's a couple of them on Hulu and shit, or like if you uh, has like uh, like, we, like MeTV, like shit like that. But it's like yeah, not they're not readily available. But like you know, we're gonna we're gonna replay something off like a TJ Hooker episode and rap on it. Watch. <laughs> That's. <laughs> I mean, incredible. I'm just doing it for fun. Like yeah, you know, the fucking record I'm you know, the record I'm rapping on. It's just gonna it's, it'll probably be a seven inch because it's not gonna be. It's just gonna be called Almost the Chronic. Oh, man. <laughs> dude, you I, know it's a great title. dude. It's going to be good. I can't wait to hear that. Right. And and it's going it, to really funny, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, because I don't take it serious. And it's like, I mean, even I'm, I'm not going to fucking... I mean, it'll be some street shit, but it's like, it's not going to be like, you know... I don't know. We don't take ourselves too serious over here.
0: Man, and, and you, know, you talk about those cop show samples. Like, do you feel like, for, you know... Are, are dudes, how, how deep do you feel like producers are digging right now? Because it's so easy to just find samples online and just flip it. But to find those unique sounds, I mean, how deep do you feel dudes are going these days?
1: No, they're not going deep at all. And I mean, listen, they're, especially if you take into account with uh, all the sample kits that are available. Like uh, Drum Broker sells like these like pre-made kits. That people compose samples, and uh, there's a service called Splice that sells sample kits. Like, like yo, know, I mean, and some, I mean, listen, they're, they're useful tools. Like, if you're looking for something very, very specific, you can probably find it on there. But for me, I don't know. I mean, nothing beats like, nothing beats the feel when you find a record that you've never seen before that you buy on a whim for like a dollar somewhere in some hole in the wall bookstore, some thrift shop or whatever. And you put it, you put it on the record and you listen to it and you hear that sample for the first time. That's the high you chase. Like, yo, that's like the, that's better than making beats. It's just like, yo, that's, that's, it's like being on drugs. Like, I mean, that's what I tell people all the time. Like I spend an obscene amount of money on records and it's like, yo, it's, it's a bad habit. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs>
0: do you, do you keep all the records you you have it do you, do you resell them like what do you do like with your- I used
1: to flip them now I keep them I, I keep anything I sample I keep anyway like you know what I'm saying that way I can just go grab it in the archives if I need to do something later. like you know like that Jake one shit where he'll just just recreate when he sampled, up, that type of shit. like I'll just show the record off and do that type of shit. I don't know mm. but I'll I just like it for an archive copy but it's like I don't buy as many records as I used to but i buy a lot of rare records you know what i'm saying so everything holds a value and especially now like if you can get a rare record like they're, they're only going up in value man cuz like there's there's still so much music that has never been never but never been discovered or you know what i mean like there's so much music on vinyl never made it to cd never made it to youtube like ungoogleable titles shit like that
0: Right, and you—you you mentioned how the Prodigy record "Hard Body Karate" came about, but we didn't get into the record itself. You know, what does it mean to you having Prodigy? You know, you mentioned he was a bucket list um, dude for you, and you got him two weeks
1: before his tragic passing. Yeah, I mean, he was my favorite rapper of all time. I mean, dude, it hurt, man. Like I said, it was like it was like the weirdest feeling because to finally to finally get that access respectfully without trying to just chase him and throw thousands of dollars at him. You know what I mean? Like it was a legit collaboration and it just, I was like, yeah, I, was, I didn't believe him. I'm like, like get yeah, a prodigy done. I'm like, no, he didn't. Uh, and, and I use like that stupid human, like, like I was just, I was just working with him. He ain't dead. Like, and it's just like, what the fuck? And and there's been a void since. There's been a huge void. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know, man. It's it's just, it was incredible. And I I, I was just like, I don't even know what to do. Like, I just, we put the song out on his birthday last year. Like, just to put it out. Like, fuck it. And it's just like, I don't know, man.
0: Because he never got to hear the final version, right? No, no. And I feel like you look at somebody like P, like he was really the anchor for a lot of artists who really kind of revolved around that circle of, of QB. And you look at, you know, dudes like Alchemist and Havoc and everybody like in that Queensbridge circle. I mean, P really was like the center of everything.
1: There he was. Yeah, and it's like, and I mean, you feel it. Like, you know, a lot of those guys still can't even talk about it. You know what I'm saying? It's like you don't really see Alchemist tweeting about it. They're talking about him, man. It's like, oh, it hurts. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, like especially for them. I mean, dude, like Alchemist. You know what I mean? Like Ma deep put Al on the map. Right. I mean, like if, listen. I mean, we could all speculate if you go listen to Temples of Boom, like their Alchemist beats with Muggs drums on. Them. But it's like the the breakout was when he did those two songs for Ma He He did Thug Music and the Realist. and it's like. Those are the realist is my favorite rap song of all time. You know what I'm saying? Like that beat, it's so it's so basic, it's it's just it's sublime. There's nothing better. And Cool G Rap comes in and kills it. It's just I don't even know, man. It's a perfect production. And that really put Al on the map. And then Al went from there to like doing a bunch of street sh- shit. He was doing like Component or Records, Fat Joe Records. Jadakiss You know what I'm saying Like he blew up Off that shit So it's like He owes Prodigy a lot You know what I mean
0: After listening to that Blueprint song Do you feel like He really hugged that dude In the conflict Did that really happen
1: Yeah According to uh, His website it did
0: Wow That's crazy
1: Yeah I didn't know I mean I didn't know But uh I was I mean I was glad He illustrated something That was That was honest You know what I mean Cause it, it definitely It definitely helped Push the song a little
0: Right. It, it, it was one of those things where it's like, I could see that working really well or going really badly.
1: Right? I think it depends how many people are in the room. True. If the wrong people see you hug the wrong guy, then it's, then it's like a problem. But, you know, if it's just an empty bar with him setting up this equipment, and then, you know, he's like, listen, man, you know, we got no beef, just relax. You know, I guess it worked out. I mean, I'm glad it worked out. I love Blueprint. Yeah, yeah. I think he's I think he's I, he's criminally underappreciated.
0: Yeah, and he's he's stayed working though, man. It's good to see like dudes like that that just keep putting projects out and keep.
1: Well, cause yeah, I mean he, he's he's got he could produce, he could rap, you know. What I mean he's he's self sufficient. I mean I, I like him better when he's rapping with like RJD or somebody that's like super duper talented on the beat, because he's not amazing, but he's passable enough that I you know what I mean I still listen. Whereas somebody like you know. J-Live is horrendous on the fucking production Should just hang it up. Like, yo, that guy is a fucking amazing rapper. You, you can't show me your worst <laughs> is he, is he your,
0: the worst producer. Is he, in your opinion, the yeah, worst by pro- far. producer, like rapper who produces?
1: Yeah, by far. And it, it bugs the shit out of me because of how talented he is. J-Live is the, one of the best rappers ever. I love j Yo, you listen to fucking... Not even the best part, like, before that. The hush, the crowd. He, like, yo, J-Live never had a miss. If you go listen to his guest features, like, you couldn't even get J-Live on features at one point. And he did that song with 7-L and Esoteric. He killed it. I mean,
0: yeah, back in, like, o two o one, like, he was one of, the, like, the most popular dudes
1: out. Yeah, he was, he was premier. He was, he was a premier act. You know what I mean? And just, dude, his production is so bad. It's so bad. It's it's breathtaking. It's like you hear ugh, you just you gasp, ugh. <laughs> you got something for he, him. Doesn't, you know, he doesn't care. He doesn't give a fuck. That's I mean, I guess I respect that angle because he doesn't care. But it's just like man, you should care. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can I hit never it. met him. Dude, I would fucking work with J Lar right now for free. I don't you know what I mean I don't even care. I'm a fan, you know what I'm saying? I'm there, there are a few people that I would that I would just fucking be like, "All right, let's just work. Fuck it. I don't care." He's one of them. Who who who
0: else has that? Who else do you have that kind of love for where you would do that?
1: Uh, I don't know. Like MOP, obviously. I mean, oh man, like, dude, shit. I mean, people that I like that that I that I feel like kind of not fell off the map because MOP is still around, but it's like, dude, you do you really want to hear fucking MOP with the snow goons on the board? It's like, cut it out. You know, just cut it out. Like, I don't want to hear that shit. Like their new record should be nothing but premiere beats and, and fame. You know what I mean? They don't need anybody else. Like, what the fuck?
0: It makes sense, man. I would love like, to.
1: Like, I'm, I'm trying to say, Hey, I don't even like. I, like, there's a bunch of people that, like, you know, like fame. I mean, like, dude, I would love fucking work with MOP. I want to. I mean, there's people that I want to work with that, like, that I don't know. We're just, we're just buying our time like I want to work with Rick Ross I'm still waiting for that look
0: so how do you go about getting those looks man as an independent dude who really does everything on his own it's not like you have you know these major connections you know like you have your relationships and you work your relationships how do you
1: get to a Rick Ross from where you are how do I get to I would probably call Jake one because Jake works for (laughs) him Be like, oh, Jake, just give me any sort of contact. And I, I mean, I'm, then I'll go from there. Like, cause I mean, like, we're, like, I'm, like, I don't know, I have, a, I have enough of a Rolodex that I can pretty much get in a room with anybody up to a certain level. Like, obviously, I can't get, I mean, like, like I know people that know people that know people. And it's like, you just have to rely on their grace to actually get over. It. And that's, that comes from being a stand-up guy, you know what I'm saying? It's like. Being able to call Gene Brown, who's like my record guy, who works with J. Cole, who works with fucking Jazzy Jeff, it's like, well, I need to cut some Jeff. I would just call Gene and be like, yo, I want to get Jazzy Jeff to do cuts on this shit. Fucking let me know what it's going to take to get done, and then because I'll just show up in Delaware, because that's where Jeff lives, and we'll just get it done. You know what I'm saying? I like to do everything in person, no bullshit, no paperwork, just use a handshake, and whatever fucking amount of, amount of paper we agreed upon to do it. You know what I mean? It's like I I find that you get way better results when you work in person, for one it's way cheaper. You're not relying on some you're not relying on somebody else like a gatekeeper who's going to take a cut of the bread and try to charge you 5G's for something you can get for 1200. You know what I mean? That type of shit. And I mean for somebody like Rick Ross, I mean I would I would just I would just have to try to wow him with production cuz I definitely cannot afford Rick Ross.
0: <laughs> so do you have do you, do you keep
1: those beats that like these absolutely. Are the- yeah, absolutely. Anybody, listen, any producer that says they don't, they're lying. Because, like, listen, there's shit that I'm working on that might lead to something, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I give I give my best shit to people that I think can either open doors, people that I'm really, really a fan of, or I just, or just hold them, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I learned over the years from Necro when that your production doesn't age unless you let people hear it like listen the Freddie Gibbs song was done in 2014 you know what i'm saying it doesn't sound like 2014 i remember that
0: though because that was when we did the um everything's awesome interview and you had talked about how you had just made the Freddie Gibbs connection like right around the time we had done the interview
1: yeah and it's like we were working right to like, right at the gate so like once we got once we got the Bugatti bullet hole shit done, we did the wake up call shit for the winning team with a war, and literally like a few weeks later, I got the song done for, I got uh, my neighborhood done. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it, it's just the cycle. It's just we had no we had no outlet to put it out on, so I just held it. You know what I mean? It's like as long as nobody hears it, it's gonna be new to it's gonna be new to the people that haven't heard it. So. Doesn't matter. You can hoard your production, ever whereas like I know some people get antsy and they just got to get them off. It's like I don't do that. Like I'm not gonna put something that is amazing on my, my SoundCloud just so you can hear it and then get it for twenty nine ninety nine. It's like get the like I can't do that, man. There's no value in that for me because you never know. Like I'm doing an EP from my man UFO Thief. Like UFO Thief when when we started. He was just, I mean, he's, I'm not going to say he was a nobody, but like, like, oh, he wasn't popping. Now, like, dude, Fat Joe signed him. Like, he's, every, every, everything you see from UFO Thieves, like, he's on, like, the Summer Jam stage. And shit. Like, there's him and Fat Joe just chilling. So it's like, if I get a lane to get send beats to Fat Joe, which I'm going to open up for myself, obviously. You know what I'm saying? It's like, once that, it's like, you need those beats that you got in the tuck him Because you need shit that's ready to rock right now. It's not like, oh, I'm going to make some shit and then send it to Joe. Like, what if he calls you right now? you got to be ready to move. Keep an archive. That's the best advice I can give anybody in this shit. Keep an archive of shit that. Just call it the Jay Z file. Because if Jay Z calls, you want to be able to move right then and there.
0: And so when you look at those beats, are those beats that wouldn't even make it to, like, the best album money can buy or one of your projects? Are those no, because
1: beats- I'll use them for myself. I'm selfish. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like I'll definitely use them for myself. Like I, like I mean, if you look like the prodigy shit, like that's top shelf fans Washington shit right there. Like that's one of my favorite beats I ever made, and it was rehashed like last summer. I made that beat like ten years ago, and I was listening to old beats and I fucking heard it. I'm like, yo, I was, we gotta remake this shit. And when we, when Sties and I remade it, Steve's layered the bass like so perfectly, it just gave it a whole different feel. I'm like, yo, we're gonna get. Yo, if you could, you know, I don't know if you ever talked to Vakio, Like, dude, Vaqil asked you for that beat, and I told him months that like, yo, we're getting prodigy on. Like, dude, I have a Facebook convo I can pull up. You know what I mean? Like, I told him months before it even happened. that I, I was just like, this. This is the first beat that I ever made. That I'm like, this, and this is the beat that I'm getting prodigy on. I'm like, well, fuck, what we gotta do to get it done? I'm gonna make it happen. Man.
0: Yeah. That's that's so crazy. Like so, so when you listen to it today, man. I mean, what goes through your mind as you as you hear "Hard Body Karate" today, knowing the journey it took to get the song and then everything that transpired?
1: I don't know. I love it. I mean, I I think it's one of my favorite songs that I've ever done. And uh, you know, Conway did this thing. And I mean, that was that Conway was signed to Shady too when he when he did that verse too. So it's like. I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't think we. Were, I mean, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know whether we were gonna have problems clearing it or not. I don't know what the fuck. I didn't. I didn't care. Just like, you know what, man, I'm doing this for me. Let it, anybody sue me. I'll be here. You know, I'll, I'll meet him in court. So it's like when I hear it now, I just I think back as like, you know, like I'm just glad it got done. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't. I don't listen to my music all like that. After it's done, like I I listen to it while I'm making it. Once we sequence it, and then I don't listen to it again, and then when it comes out, I like to listen to it the same time the fans do. You know what I mean? And try to reabsorb it. And then after that, it'll be on the shelf. Just, like, I probably won't listen to it for years.
0: So, so you're not the dude riding around with his own music, just blaring it everywhere No, he goes. not both, no. <laughs> I've been with some rappers that have done that, and it's... It's kind of crazy because it's not like they're like, oh, I want you to hear my new stuff. Like, they turn on the car and it picks up, like, mid-song. Like, like they were just blasting their shit before they got to me and, like, picked me up. And it's just, like, I don't know. Like, I, I get why you got to hear your own music in the car to make sure everything sounds right. But there's also, like, a huge level of narcissism that comes along with that.
1: Yes, there is. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I'm not, and Again, I'm not like that. You know what I mean? Like, I... Dude, listen, man. I went into the Red Bull Big Tune Battle in like 2008 thinking my beats were trash. It's like I didn't know I didn't know I was good until like four years ago. You know what I mean? It's like, cause like I don't know. Like when you send beats to people that you fuck with, especially if they're honest, they're gonna tell you what they like and what they don't like. So it's like, you know, I have enough confidence to keep creating, but it's like I never had that confidence again. I'm a beast, yo. I'm a, I'm the best. Like yo, I, I don't have that confidence
0: so when did you know you were good? Because, I mean, I think I think we all saw it a while ago, but if you only saw it four years ago, what made you see it?
1: When when Steve and I started working together in 2011, like, uh, he added a whole new dynamic because what he did, the first joint we ever did together, he replayed the Gusto sample that had uh, Alchemist, that was off of Dickens' with attitude, that had... I to see Alchemist, Evidence, and Rock Marciano on it. And it was like, I don't know, it, it's something like a bell went off. This is the guy, and I guess, I guess I'm good enough that, like, because they all gave me props on it, and it was genuine. And when you get props from people that, like, because, like, I don't consider Alchemist a peer of mine. You know what I mean? Like, I look up to the guy. You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm from the class that came after those guys. So it's like to get that praise from him, and it's like you know I got to play my beats for fucking people that are like like legit famous. And the icing on the cake was when I walked in Premiere Studio when we recorded with Freddie Gibbs and Premiere knew who I was. And he said he said yo I like your beats. I'm like you know what man I got this. Fuck everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> like listen because the Premiere coastline man it's like even if it, even if it didn't mean anything to anybody it meant something to me. I'm like yo Premiere fucks with my shit I'm good because that guy. Without him, I wouldn't even be doing it.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I have a similar story to that. When I interviewed Premier and we talked for over two hours and it was like, you know, my questions didn't bore him or he didn't think this was like a trash interview. I was like, man, if if Premier gives me that kind of time, like, what what do I care about anybody
1: else? And he's engaging. So it's like, because Premier's on his shit. He's not like some, you know what I mean? Like he still buys records and shit. He's still in tune. Right. So he knows what, what what time it is. So it's like if he's in if he's in touch with the climate, and he likes my shit, then I know I'm doing something right. This yeah. is like I never I just I never had that like I never had any real experience with any like sort of like nobody took me under their wing to show me shit. You know what I mean? Like I've been doing this forever, Dola. Like you know what I mean? The same team that we came with, the same team we're gonna leave with. At this point, you know what I mean? It's like I never got that legendary cosign type shit where like. Yeah, I was in the studio with this guy, you know? It's like, I've never been in the studio with anybody. We just work, we work by ourselves, man.
0: Yeah, you're nobody's protege.
1: Yeah, not at all. And believe me, I would have loved to. Because it's like, I mean, I... Like, I made beats from 99 to, like, 2004, and I didn't let anybody hear a note, not a single one. The first person I ever played my beats for was Jay zone And that's because we went digging for records, like, once a week, for, like, four years... And it's like you know, I finally made. I was like, listen, I finally fucking made some beats and put them on a CD, and he was just like, yo, these are dope. Like self-titled, picked a couple of them, but then like we never finished any of the songs because you know, I mean, I don't know if anybody knew self. Self, his work, he just doesn't. His workflow is, is the worst ever. But like, uh, like that's when I knew that I. That's when I knew I had something. Is when you know, because like self was one of my favorite independent artists at that time. He's picking beats. Vinny Paz started picking joints when I met him at fucking DJ Primetime's radio show. And then that's like that's when I was just like, you know what, I could do this full time. Like, I know I could then. Vinny's the first person to ever cut me a real rap check. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, no matter how far I've ever come, I'll, I'll never forget. You know what I'm saying? I always show him that respect. Because that shit, it was, it was a life-changing moment. The, the, the first rap check I ever got, I'm like, yo, this shit... Like I could really, really do this, but but it's like even then, you know, like I, I still didn't have the confidence. Like I didn't get the confidence till for a couple of years later. You know what I'm saying? It's, now I'm good. Now I know. Now I know what I'm capable of. I know my limitations as an artist, and I know my reach. So it's like once I know my reach and my value, that's what I invest in.
0: No doubt, and 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 that also is pretty cool. You were digging with Jay zone way back in. Like the two, the early two thousands. Yeah, how, early
1: two thousands. How
0: did how did that even come about?
1: DJ Contact worked at Fat Beats. My um, I man, Ethan, he's he's a dear Ethan. friend of mine. Oh, yeah,
0: that's that's a name I haven't heard in a while.
1: Yeah, and well, he was he was he was Zone's DJ, and uh, but the thing is, is, is Ethan always had a day job, he had he worked at Fat Beats like the company or whatever. So like he, I'd just be in New York, and he'd be like, yeah, well, you know, I'll call Jade and. He linked us and Jay Zone and I we just we like I said we we linked through that and then we've just been we were both fans of fucking like Texas rap. Like, you know what I mean? Like shit like that. Like we just connected on a personal level that was much deeper than than fucking hip hop shit. Like we weren't really like other people. You know what I'm saying? It's like I when I when I told I forget who I forget it was. I think it might have been Breeze Overflowing. When I told him that like I would rather listen to to the Penthouse Players in EPMD. And fucking Jay Zone heard it and started laughing. And it's like, because you know, Jay Zone's like a huge southern rap fan. Right. You know, like the Poison Clan and shit, you know? And so it's like reconnecting, like, because like, almost all my favorite rap albums when I was a child came out on lot. Like, like, I didn't like, I didn't listen to New York hip hop. Like, I didn't like A Tribe Called Quest and shit. Like, all that party and shit. Like, I didn't. I didn't grow up in that environment, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was in seven different grade schools by the time I was 10. Like, there was no party, right? You know what I mean? We're listening to the gangster shit. You couldn't tell me I wasn't in the Crips when I was, like, 12. Even though I wasn't in the Crips. But you couldn't <laughs> tell me that I wasn't. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you no, know, I'll... You know, it was just weird, man. Because it's like, when, you, when you're when you white... When you are poor white trash and, like, you move around... Like, I... like You know what I'm saying? Like, I lived in the projects. And I've lived in a fucking... Like, not a trailer, but like a trailer-esque home. It was it was, it, it was not a home on wheels. And, you know, when my mom got sick, she had cancer. She died in 95. And my brother died in 96. He got killed by the cops. My grandparents saved my life. Like, I got to move back to Phoenixville, which is like only a half hour from Philadelphia. And 96 is when Premier hit his stride, where everything he was doing was great. You know what I'm saying? Like, 96 was when... When if you had a premiere feature on your record, you knew it was a ten. And everything he had a run from like I want to say ninety-six to two thousand three, seven years, give or take, where everything he did was amazing. And that's when I really developed my affinity for East Coast rap music. Like you know what I'm saying? It was it was after Illmatic and all that shit dropped. You know what I'm saying? It was after it was the second wave of that. that like I really discovered like, I think my favorite East Coast record of all time is Smith & Wesson. Mm. Like, The Shining was was flawless. It was such a gritty and gangster, gutter fucking record. I loved it. And that's when I really started to come back around to the East Coast. And it's like, you know, moment of truth like that. I, I, I tell all the people, like, my golden years for hip-hop were not 87 to fucking 91 like most people. Because I was a bit younger. Like You know what I'm saying? So the renaissance for me was when it was, if you look at it, like when MOP warriors came out moment of truth, Gangstar, and nonfiction were like, they were all in like a year span that it was like, that was like my favorite era of East coast hip hop. And it was also the end of the independent era. Like nonfiction to me, it was the last classic to drop out of that whole scene where it was like MF doom Thurston out the third, Cannibal Ox, and then Nonfiction, J-Live, they had, like, the best records out and then it was over. Like, I can't, like, name a classic that came out of, like, that lyricist lay scene after Nonfiction. I can't. Like, where, you know, like, where they had the same, like, Pete Rock Premier, Prince Paul, Large Professor, like, where they're all on the same record. It was like, they were, they were just, they were basically trying to recreate Illmatic with different rappers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And it's like there's nothing. There's been nothing like that since.
0: And, and and that's right around the time too when the internet really opened up with, um, it would there was you know Napster and Soulseek and Audio Galaxy and all these. Yeah, exactly. And
1: that crippled and that crippled the game, man.
0: And and just all, I I can remember how much trash rap you had to get through. Oh my god. You know because it's like and and. You know, you, you, you go online and, you know, different stores like Hip Hop Site and UGHH, like, they're they're promoting, like, these albums and you listen to it online you're like, w- how are they, like, this is all just a money grab because it's just trash. Like, even for underground, independent basement rap, like, this is not good rap.
1: It's bad, man.
0: Yeah. Because, you know, you go into it's... that rap with, like, a certain expectation that, like, this doesn't have to have that big studio 2001 Dr. Dre sound. Like, Like I, you know, you expect the lo-fi quality to a certain extent.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like some gritty, some grit to it. But it's like, yeah, they were they were missing the mark completely. Right. They were missing the mark completely.
0: (laughs) And then we just segued into the mixtape era, where everything was freestyles, and then we we have what we have now.
1: It's just like you know, I I think there's a lot of good music being made, but it's like you got to find it, man. The underground is alive and well but it's like it's too saturated you know what i'm saying it's way too saturated and you have to do more work than you're used to to find what you want to listen to because it's like i like a lot of, like i have a seven inch coming out with all new guys on it it's all well, i mean they're new guys relative to the scene i guess but it's like uh it's called the trendsetter because i got that's a whole thing but like i got fucking g perico on there daniel Sun, ty Ferris. Vic Spencer, and my local dude, Capo, who's going to win Team Backpack this year. So, you know what I'm saying? So, he'll get some traction next year. But I already got him. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm ahead of the curve. So, you know what I'm saying? I try to – I listen, if somebody's new and they're dope, I'm on them. I'll work with them all day long because it's like that's what I think the people ahead of my generation, they didn't do that. Which is why we're in a state of where we're at, is people never invested in the youth. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, like, I'm trying to think of somebody, like, I can't, I'm trying to think of somebody that's not famous enough, like, you can't blame Nas for not passing the torch. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. But it's like, like, like some people could have bred people to come up and do things the right way, and nobody did. I mean, nobody.
0: Well, you look at, like, Conway and West Side Gun, I mean, they really did it themselves.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like nobody yeah. So so that's why I'm trying to invest in the new guys, man. If I hear somebody new, I hit them up. I hit him up too. I'm like, I don't care. I'm not that guy where it's like that's the other thing, that weird producer ego where it's like, well I'm not gonna hit him up. Like, dude, I hit Daniel son up like, yo, let's do some shit. I got joints. He knew who I was. So I'm like like that's a luxury that I have that a lot of other newer producers don't have. Is a lot of like the new guys they already know who I am, so it's a lot easier for me. But you know, I, I I show love, man. I don't like people that don't show love. I try to. If I hear somebody that's dope, I'm gonna work with them. I don't care where they're from, what they're doing. If they're interesting enough that 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 that, that they pique my interest, then we're gonna get it done.
0: And and I thought too on Bone Museum with Vic Spencer off the album. I mean, I thought he had just some of the best bars on the whole project.
1: They yeah, killed it. They yeah, killed it. And I mean, dude, he's working. He's working. He's got like 15 records in the week.
0: That's crazy. I mean, yeah, it's it's. I, I get what you're saying, though. You know, you de- definitely have to go through different Spotify artists and just listen and give, give artists chances. But there's so much to go through, and you know what surprises me is when I find artists that like I really like. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm picky when it comes to what I like and don't like. Just from hearing, so it's like you know, because going through so many demos f- over the years, it's like you really know what you like and don't like. The, the, you know, pretty soon after you hear it. I'm amazed at some of the, like how talented some of these new artists are, but like how small their following really is. And it's like you look at their discography; they're like three or three or four years deep in the game with like five or six projects, and it's like it—it's got to be. It just seems so hard these days to be dope and new just to get that following because it's like you said, it's so saturated. I mean, I thought it was saturated back in oh five oh six, but it's... yeah, like, so
1: did I. Yeah, but it's, like, it's it's way worse now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even guys that, like even guys that 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 kind of get that universal push, like like Crime Apple, you know what I'm saying? Like he's all over the place, but like he's not doing numbers that he would have done if he would have came out in '01. He'd be touring the world.
0: Like like what do artists need to do
1: these days to
0: get that following?
1: <sighs> My guess is because I mean I don't have a huge following. My following is big enough to like support me, but it's like you gotta. You have to connect to people in a way outside of music, which is, you know, like I what I was saying about earlier, which I don't like to do. But it's like there's certain things, like, you know, like my Instagram is not all beats. Like, I'll post up some funny shit. Like, you gotta you gotta just connect to people in a way that humanizes you to them. You know what I'm saying? And because I'll say this much, I, I, I can't say the old criteria will work where it's like, yeah, just be original because Nobody's original anymore. Like the, the, there's nothing left to be original about. There's there, you can put a spin on things, and try to create something that way. But as far as like having an original style, like 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 who like who's the last rapper that had an original style? Like I I like I can't even think. Of, like, the last original rapper, or last original was probably Jay Z, like where where he was completely unique. Like, you know, one, you know, Rock Marciano's, the the last record, the Rosebud uh, Revenge Part 2. Right. The, the reason I like that record is because it doesn't sound like anything else that's out. Like, with like those weird, like, proto synth beats and shit where, like, there's no melody. It's just, like, a weird, but it worked. You know what I'm saying? It worked for him. Uh-huh. And it's like shit that works for him is what works for him. And that's what made it unique. As opposed to being, it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, if it, if you can pull that off, if you can pull that off to where like, you can do something that's totally unique to you, it doesn't sound like anything else, you might be able to get over. Otherwise, you're going to have to humanize yourself and, you know, post up Ricky Morty clips. Like, you just, like, like, I mean, that that would be your best bet, is to just try to latch on to an audience that's already pre-made, but it's like I'm not even sure that would work. You know what I mean? Like go sample the Rick and Morty theme, do a song about Ricky and Morty, and then hopefully Rick and Morty fans will gravitate towards you as rapper, even though we know they won't.
0: Right.
1: That's a cheap gimmick, but I'm saying that's a cheap thrill. I think people like West Side Gun and Conway, the reason that that they got over it is and you know it sounds selfish, but the production is what got them over. Conway and West Side Gun. West Side Gun's not like a super talent. West Side Gun is more like a like an old dirty type dude, like where he's like he's just interesting to listen to. He doesn't have bars, but Conway can spit. I mean, he can spit on anything. But like, yeah, yo, when you go listen to their songs that have the most hits, they're all dusty, old Wu Tang like RZA salmon and shit. And it's just like, yo, that sound works, man. Like, yo, if you get a fucking dope producer, dope producers will push you way further than a dope rapper will. I'm 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 firmly convinced in that. Like, yo, if your beats are trash, I don't care, you can be the best rapper alive. People won't listen. They just won't. I mean, people will not listen to a whack producer. Like, dude, you're gonna listen to DMX, man. Like, we all like to make fun of Swiss beats now. Dude, his shit holds up marvelously. dude. Swizz is a beast.
0: Oh, you could you could hear his influence on a lot of the new stuff.
1: Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it's like, yo, know, get a dope producer. That's you know, I'm switching my whole stance. You wanna you wanna hang? Go get a dope producer. <laughs> and and the fact that and I'm you... not even a huge Darringer fan, but it's like, yo, know, the stuff when he hits, he really hits. Like you know what I'm saying, this shit is memorable. So if you could do something, just get a dope producer, you're good. And I'm not talking like, yo, because there's so many people that are biting that sound. And I'm not talking, like, it's an aesthetic. There's 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 ways to do shit without drums on it, and then there's just biting that shit. And that's why none of those guys are ever going to really that far, because when you're just biting that shit and they're still active, you just come off like a sucker. You know what I mean? Like, none of that shit is dope.
0: Yeah, that's, not, that's my biggest problem with what's happened with Rock Marciano, is just the, the derivatives that have come up of just, like, just, you know, trying to be, you know, that, that spacey type sound that's just not, I mean, it works for Rock Mars because that's, that's what he does. shit, right? yeah, exactly. And you could hear that going way back to his stuff too. Like, I mean, it works. Like, it, And it's been working for him. It's just people are catching on more now than they did back in like the Marsburg
1: days. Yeah, it's whack. I mean, and those dudes are flashing the pan and, and burn out, you know what I mean? It's like... You no, know, and it's like, I, I can't even name, like, the thing is, is like, you hear it all the time, but I can't even name names of, like, people that I think have, like, jacked that style and stink, so it's like, because they all stink, it's, it's like, you don't really, you don't, they don't retain your attention, like, the biters, just, oh my god, dude, they're awful.
0: Right, he's just like, next.
1: Yeah, it's exactly, it's that, it's that quick. When you hear a drop, it, if you hear a drop, it just goes, boom, back, boom, boom, back, and it's like 68 beats per minute. But they slowed the drum down so the snare's wide open and she's like, dude, I'm also awesome. I'm skipping already. Exactly. That's a technical, that was a technical blurb for the for the beat hits. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, I can't fuck with them, man. Uh, I, I like what I like, man. And, there, and the thing is, there's a bunch of producers out there that are killing shit too. But it's like, f- producers, to, to get heard as a producer is a whole, you, know, you can't do it on your own. You can't do your own music and get over it. it's not because that's not just not the way it works like you can't do a compilation until you've had placements with rappers over the years you know what i'm saying because then you have to follow them. like if you're just going to do compilations as a producer it's going to like i don't know how it could come off that i don't know how it could come off organic at all if you have no connection to any of the rappers that are on your record why, why would i listen why would you listen why would anyone listen
0: It's just a sixteen, a sixteen, and a sixteen,
1: and then the next song is basically the same. The same thing, exactly. So it's like, and and you know, when you pay rappers, if they don't know who you are, too, there's no connection. They're not going to give you a real effort. They're just looking at it like a job. It's just a gig, Mm -hmm. and it reflects in the music. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's, and it's like I don't care how much money you put up, whether you put up a million dollars or a dollar fifty. The the one thing you want to avoid is them treating it like a job.
0: Exactly. That's when that's when you get that generic verse that you could basically predict if you just go through like their lyrics and their 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 patterns and their their style. And you could pretty much right. Like, oh, this is where Jadakiss says his car is the color of honey mustard, and this
1: is- <laughs> <laughs> it's-, yeah, it's like, yo, because the thing is, man, especially so. It's, it's, it's harder. It's harder for producers, man, because the the best way to get placements is to just work. You have to work. You have. to to work with these bum loser rappers so then somebody will hear it and then be like yo that guy's dope let me reach out like you can't reach out to rappers when you're a nobody it doesn't work because the rapper ego is not like that it, it's wired the exact opposite the way it should be like rappers should be open to work with anyway if your beats are dope you should be able to get over no problem but it's, a, it's not like that you can be the most incredible producer in the world and the first thing people say well who's you worked with You know what I'm saying? It's a fucking week. I don't know. It's dull. So I don't know. If you're a producer trying to make it. The best advice I could give to you is work locally, do things local for local people, and then go to the biggest city near you and start that way. Like, if you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's what like uh you know, like a lot of the Toronto guys are going into Buffalo. You know what I mean? So it's a, like like Bozak Morris is an incredible producer. Dude, see this. This is all the way live, by the way. I'm going down the stairs to take a dump while I'm on the phone doing an interview. Dude,
0: that's incredible. I think I didn't take a shit, Pop.
1: I threw mine away. Get out of the way. I got a shit. I would have saved it for you. I threw it away. Well, I appreciate it. (laughs) Oh, you stink, Pop. It's my dear grandfather. He's 88 years old. Oh man,
0: shout out to your (laughs) grandfather, man.
1: He's he's still kicking.
0: Yes. So, so this is clearly an exclusive uh because this is, it never, is this has never happened before really no i don't think well, well all right I, I mean i'm sure at some point someone has taken a shit while doing an interview but no one's been as open about it as you have so you know props to you man
1: man uh, <laughs> it is what it is dude that was like an emergency You know what that's probably from? I ate a turkey sandwich, and I think the uh I think the turkey was a little bit not bad, but just a little bit too old.
0: That, that's bad turkey, I think.
1: Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <sighs> Man, that's rough. So All right, so where were we? So yeah, it it. Yeah, it's Bozak Morse. Is my man from Toronto. He's a beast, and like he's and the closest city to them is Buffalo. So he went down there. He's working with El Camino. He's working with he's worked with Conway Westside, and it's opening doors for. Him. So wherever you're from, and if you're a dope producer, go to the nearest city that has dope artists and just start working with them, and they will open a couple doors. Like I said, you know I live in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. The first legit rap check I got was from Vinny Paz. He's in Philadelphia, half hour away. Start there. Start local.
0: No doubt, man. And you talk about relationships too. You look at someone like Conway, and you got Conway on the on the album twice. I mean, that's not happening today, man. You know, just with him and Shady Records, no, so like, not. that relationship goes back with you guys. I mean, that's got to be something good too, that like that you've maintained that relationship to where you can, where you can get something that is special for the album that not a lot of others uh, producers could get.
1: Yeah, and the second thing about Conway is like he's another guy. He was he was super cool. It's like he was slinging features for like dirt cheap, and I was just like, you know. I paid for one, and then I got one. And he jumped on the prodigy. He for free because it's a prodigy. You know what I mean? So it's like you know, when you the thing is, man, when you step to these people with cash in hand, and it's respectful, and the and again the quality of the music. I mean, I'm not trying to brag. But it speaks for itself. You know what I'm saying? It's like I try to pay everybody involved something. You know what I mean? I don't because I don't. I mean, I don't do beats for free for people you know what I mean other than like again like I said I would work with live for free but like you know what I'm talking about like when people just hit your inbox with beats or whatever so it's like you know to the best way to stand out in that line when you're just a line in the line of futures is to A just be ready to work at all times no matter what like dude somebody called me right now in this interview like yo I'd be like yo cause I gotta go I gotta go do this thing or whatever you know what I'm saying it's like you gotta be ready to work and you got to pay people. you got to break bread, man. You have to. Because that's the only thing people respect in the end of the that, you know, if, you don't, if you don't invest in yourself, why would anybody invest in you? And I'm not talking a ton of money. You know what I'm saying? It's like, listen, man, when you approach these people, they're like, yo, I'll do it for $2,500. They're like, man, I'll give you 500 cash today, right now. They'll do it. Nine times out of ten, they'll do it. Cause it ain't about the money, you know what I'm saying? It's like it really isn't. As long as you bring, if you bring some, if you bring them a banger at 500 bucks, that'll cover the studio, that'll cover the weed and dinner. That's plenty. What else? What else do they need out of the experience?
0: And it's respect.
1: Exactly. That see, that's the other thing. It's like you know, that's again. It, it's respect both ways. It's like, cause I want to pay him for his efforts. You know what I'm saying? Cause I mean, I'm not giving anybody a cut on the, listen, when I sling the album, all that dough comes back to me. I ain't cutting anybody. I own all those songs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when you dropped, everything's awesome. One point you really hit on was that you're not going to be streaming anymore just because of how difficult it is to actually get traction with streaming in terms of money. But yet you still, you still kept the streaming option. For this project, what made you stay with Spotify, even though the money is is so hard to come by there?
1: Well, for one, hold on here. We wipe my ass. I don't own the. Uh, I don't own the digital version. We sold the digital version. Well, I've cut of The digital version to uh, Foundation Media to clear the Ghostface record because uh, TuneCore. And DistroKid would not clear his verse. So we sold like we sold a percentage to Foundation Media, which is, you know, anybody who knows Double J like Double J's been on the level. He's he's a good dude. There we go, alright.
0: Exclusive. Whew, that was a banger! <laughs> If I was flexed right now, there'd be bombs dropping like continuously. <laughs> right.
1: Tom, I used stuff coming out, feeling about 10 pounds lighter.
0: <laughs> I'm glad, man. You know, I'm glad that just, you know, we going in to could be there, you know, through the process.
1: So like, am yeah.
0: I. Have you been like – I'm saying, so am I. I don't, I don't know, man, if you've ever had to work like a regular job. But, like, when you're in the bathroom, like, like, like when I was at school and I in the, ba- the teacher's bathroom, and, like, people come in and, like, they, they just talk to you the whole time through, like, whether they're taking a shit or, or or taking a piss, like, they're just talking to you through the whole time and, like, maintaining eye contact, too.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah I used to work in a sheet music library. Yeah, it was bullshit. But, yeah, people used to see that nonstop. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's like, you know, I've already washed my hands. I'm, like, standing by the door, and it's like, I, I got to go. Like, I can't have this conversation with you while you're, like, awkwardly staring at me. <laughs> so, at least at least we can do a video call, man.
1: Yeah, thankfully. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so fucking, uh... So, yeah, we sold, uh... I don't know. We sold a percentage to Doge Rays, uh, to Double J. And, um... Oh man, I ran up them steps, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, cause there's no air conditioning. Like my grandpa lives on the first floor, nobody on the second floor, so there's no air conditioning, and I live on the third floor. Oh man, yeah, so, uh, you know.
0: So so instead of taking a, so instead of taking a shit in, on your floor, you went all the way down to your grandfather's floor. That's right. Oh man. <laughs> Your poor grandfather. I mean,
1: I, I mean, I had to, I had to get a drink too, though. You know? Gotcha. I had to get a bottle, bottle of Ascension. Hopefully, hopefully, they'll sponsor me.
0: <laughs> I hope so. <sighs>
1: <Whew. clears throat> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we fucking got Foundation Media. They have a bigger reach digitally than I do. So it's like you know why not let them work it? Cause I, I've never, you know what I mean? I've never had it. Like I know me personally, I've never been able to work a uh, record digitally and make money other than off my band camp. So that's why I was all the anti streaming shit, but it's like them, they have, they have a platform where like, you know, they, they put out so many records, you know, they just put out a hip boys record and shit. So it's like, they have some pool. So when you go to, I was on the iTunes homepage for every country except this one. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> at last, I was, was look at I'm like charting in, in you know Belgium." I was like, "You know what? Dude, I'm moving over there. I'm just gonna move." So I mean, whatever. So you know, hopefully the numbers get pumped up. So I guess I'm I'm, I'm anti streaming if I have to do it myself. But if a company's doing it, let them earn their let them earn their cut. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no doubt, man. So when you look at everything you got going on now, man, you know, what's the next move for Vanderslice?
1: I got a, uh, what do we got? We got a, we have an EP with Diabolic coming out on a uh, Matt diamond's label. Cool. Uh, yeah. Steve's I, green. Steve's and I produced the whole thing. That's coming out. Um, I got the seven inch that I talked about earlier. We have, uh, what that's got, G perico on it. G perico's making moves, you know, Ty Ferris, Vic Spencer, fucking uh, so Danielson. We got A Wars album called The Spoils of War, which is years in the making. Like, uh, we did a song with Scarface and Anthony Hamilton. We did a song with fucking Jadakiss and Styles P. Um, I think that's the end of my contributions on there, but that shit's a beast. It's gonna be, uh, what else we got? I did a I did a passion project for my man Verbal Tech who was in a group called uh, it's just Verb Tech now he's growing up he wants to be Verb Tech not Verbal Tech but uh, he was in a group called Parts of Speech like way back in the day and uh, he took like eight nine years off rapping and he's like a black nationalist so it's like it's just funny you know it's a it's a whole like pro black record that I produced <laughs> it's tough though it's dope I mean it's 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 dope. It's called the Freedom Papers. Um, what else am I working on? I said I'm working on the rap album, you know, almost chronic. I don't know when that's coming. I got a bunch of beat tapes that we're gonna drop in the interim too. Like we got the one that's all of it's all tie samples and it's like we got a song from Apathy on that. Like it's gonna that like that tape will flow more like everything's awesome, did where it'll be like four or five songs and then like fifteen or beats or so, you know what I mean? Like that type of shit. I'm doing an EP with UFO Fieve, which is gonna be spectacular. If you don't know who UFO Feve is, just go YouTube him. Like he's like he's bubbling. You know what I'm saying? He was on Funk Flex, he just got signed to Fat Joe. You know what I mean? He's 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 bubbling. And he's just gritty New York street He's dope. And uh what else? I think that's pretty much it, man. I'm trying to stay busy. Like you know, I thought I was done, and apparently my arc has just started, So, it's
0: just dope how much, uh, how much stuff you got, you got in the works there, man. I'm trying, man, because
1: well, that's the other thing. Because we didn't have anything to follow. Everything's awesome last year, so now we're we're going super hard. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to do as much as we can.